Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Okay, welcome, welcome. I've got some questions for you. I want to know how much do you really know about AI and automation? Because there are some really, really crazy things that can be done these days with it. Some very interesting and innovative technology. And we're going to also talk about fast growth. How do you take a company, start it, kick it off, and grow it extremely fast? We're going to touch on all of these things today. I am thrilled to be joined by my special guest, Shemek Hoyetsky. Shemek, how are you doing? Good, fine. Hello, and thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you. Let me tell you all about Shemek. This guy is super sharp. First of all, he's the CEO of Contentize. And content generation, or content generation, I should say, is really, really important. This is a platform that's built to disrupt how journalism and content marketing works. Really what it does is it creates content at scale using AI. I'm really, really interested to learn more about this. He's also the creator of Peter Crunch. It's a semi-automated AI-powered media company. And this is slick. I took a look around it and it is very, very interesting stuff. We're going to dive into that. Shemek is also the CEO of Ulem.ai, which provides consulting on AI projects. He's a multi-time CTO. And quite interestingly, he has a PhD in mathematics. So Shemek, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for the nice introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. So tell me, what have you been up to lately and what's coming up for you? Yeah, so basically lately I've been building Contentize. As you've mentioned, this is a content generation platform. Uh, Really, how I think about it is that the next generation text editor where not only you can start writing as in any other text editor like Google Docs and Microsoft Word, but actually you can start giving headlines to the machine to figure out the rest and write text for you. So for example, you, you might want to write an article about how to boost sales with SEO tactics or something like that. Then you give that as a headline, you click on generate, and basically you get draft of a text generated by a machine for you. Or you can take an existing text and start summarizing or rewriting that content. So really what it is, is taking different bits of content you might already have and then spinning on that and adding more on top of that. So does it really help with repurposing then and taking some stuff you already have and making it more and more? Yeah, definitely. So that's actually the best use case because you can take different headlines that you already have. So, you know, like the process of writing is pretty demanding in the sense that uh, you have to do your research, then you have to take your research and put that down to paper. And it's usually challenging and time consuming to do that. So my goal with building Contentize was actually to help myself. So I'm myself a writer. I've written like hundreds of articles on Medium and other different blogs. And basically, I wanted to have this AI writing assistant that would help me create much faster, much better all the text. So that, that's the goal with Contentize. So first of all, I started Contentize as a tool for myself. And then I realized that I actually can use it and make, help others with it. Necessity is the mother of invention. I love stories like that when that happens. I really want to learn more about that. But first, I'm super curious. How did you make the leap from a doctorate in mathematics to a tech CEO? That's got to be an interesting story. Yeah, pretty much. So basically, so after my PhD, I did a PhD in pure mathematics in Paris. I moved to Oxford to become a research fellow. And 
up to that point, I had in my head this whole idea of having a career as a professor, doing pure mathematics all my life, having no... Well, pure mathematics is basically like, like art. You don't really touch upon things which are in existence. So at some point, I guess when I, when I was approaching 30, I realized that I want to do something which has a little bit more impact on the world and have something more tangible and also with a quicker feedback loop because that was a huge problem for me that you put a lot of effort into writing papers and then at the end of the day, you write one, two or three scientific papers per year and then maybe a couple of colleagues of yours will comment on that the next year or in three years or something like that. So, you know, in, and in business, it's much faster. You can start basically and get things done pretty quickly and get feedback from people also pretty quickly. So going from pure mathematics, I, I switched to actually machine learning and that was pretty much natural because well, mathematics and machine learning is similar. So I went into algorithms. I had a lot of friends already doing AI. So that was also natural to start asking them questions about how I can enter the field. But I already knew at the time that I didn't want to become a scientist, but in a different field. So that would be the, probably the most natural for me to just jump fields, but stay in academia. And what I wanted to do is not only jump fields from pure mathematics to machine learning, but also go from academia to business. And that was really, really hard. Like in the end, that was like a really hard decision. And the way how I started it was basically with uh, Ulam AI that you mentioned was basically created around that time with the idea to actually do consulting on the side. And basically it stayed to this day. It's a small boutique consulting company. And I'm just doing that on the, on the side apart from building content ties. But yeah, this initial change in going from pure mathematics business was really hard uh, also personally because it was like jumping into into the abyss, into the unknown. <laughs> I, I can imagine for sure. So I, I know you're really focused uh, around automation. Why is that so important? And where really will the future of automation be? Yeah, I think automation is really important for me because I really hate wasting time. I really hate, like it's, it's mind numbing from my perspective. But okay. maybe it's, it's because, you know, like maybe it's because of my background with mathematics and that's like I'm trying to do things optimally and look for the best solution. So I really hate like all the process, especially in larger businesses or in, in many things that we do, there are so many inefficiencies. So I always look forward to them. So this is like pretty natural state of mind for me. And this is how I actually approach different problems, looking for things that I can optimize or automate fully. And I was lucky to be in this period of time where actually we have tools to eliminate many, many problems by using artificial intelligence. And thanks to the progress that's been happening for the past 10 years, it's really possible to, right now, I believe that you can really literally automate any kind of a job. Like people will be able to do only the creative part, you know, like show, show machines the direction that they should be working on, and then just relax, chill, and look for the effects in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I like the relax, chill part. <laughs> so I, I know you guys built, uh, is it Peta Crunch, Peta Crunch? How do you say it? I say Peta Crunch, but... It, Peter Crunch is also fine. Okay. Okay. Well, petacrunch.com. And I saw that. I looked around, poked around. It looked really slick. So how do you automate something like that? First of all, explain a little bit about what it is and how do you automate that? It seems crazy to me. So Peter Crunch, in, in essence, is basically a media service doing interviews with different founders. Founders of startups who has raised at least around 1 million euros or 1 million dollars in the past year or so. And basically, it started as a side project for me because... I was at the stage with my previous startup when basically my previous startup failed and it 
really felt bad, meaning there were lawyers involved. I really was like, we split apart with my with my co-founder really on bad terms. Uh, mm. And then I was thinking like, uh, that was 2019. I was really thinking, what should I be doing next? And then I thought, okay, maybe I asked some people around who actually got it right. And like, you know, like raise some rounds, make these startups really work. So first of all, I, asked, of course, asked some of my colleagues, but then with this automation optimization mindset, I, I decided, okay, maybe I can do it at scale and actually ask like hundreds of founders around the world. So actually I started working towards this goal and it turned out to be easier than I thought to do it because, wow. uh, yeah, so, so basically the, the whole idea was that I will create this AI journalist who will do interviews over emails with all the founders possible. So my super skill is probably like being able to dissect any kind of problem into smaller pieces and just do that one by one. So basically, this is what I did. That's I mean, yeah. So so the first step was basically finding the database, but that's being probably done by Crunchbase. Like everyone is in Crunchbase, you know, like all the companies. So it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the automation part, and like writing a couple of algorithms for actually writing to all the founders who actually raised the rounds with like the email being, hey. Actually, I, my AI journalists basically ha- have written to general uh, emails for like the office at blah, 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 company.com, asking for the possibility to interview the founder of the company because they just raised their round and that was super interesting and so on. So it was really easy because it was like very standardized. And I like those journalists basically ask always the same kind of questions. Like, how did you went to this phase, what do you want to do with the funds, what's your company doing, and so on. Yeah, so that was the question that I was curious about. And also, I could do it at scale at this point. And so they respond, and basically, your AI takes it and makes an article out of it. Is that how that works? So that's that's the only problematic part. Like, the, the, So it was semi-automated in the sense that I got all this content from these people because thanks to my AI, I was basically able to get the answers to all those questions automatically. But then the responses came in all different formats. Like I could got like a doc file, a PDF, maybe someone just put that on Google Drive. So the last part I had to do manually. And that was really like at some point I overdid it because I literally got like 1000 emails coming through and I had to sit down for like eight to 10 hours per day for like two weeks. But basically that was November last year and that was super painful. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah, but but in the end, like, apart from the, the last part, like apart from like editing everything to be like a proper article on the web, everything was automated. So I just only had to edit the content. Is that something you're aiming for to finalize that last piece? Is that possible? Yeah, I think it it is possible right now because well, you you can somehow force people to do that for you also because you can send them the the spreadsheet that they have to fill. So that oh, that's like enough, the yeah. easy way around it. If you were to do it by, by algorithms, by AI, it's actually pretty challenging because you need algorithms to really understand when is the beginning and the end of the interview, how to edit the whole thing, and then and so on. So at the time, I decided that I don't want to go into that because there's like that would take me too much time to actually build that. And I couldn't see the upside in the sense that I stopped working on that project like uh, last year also because I couldn't see how I could monetize that. Uh, mm-hmm. besides, you know, like Google ads revenue or like affiliate links, which sure. didn't bring me much revenue. I mean, I've earned on PetaCrunch something around like $1,000 altogether, maybe. So which, which is yeah. fun for the, you know, like side project. And it's like fun to talk about, but it's not like a sustainable revenue going forward. 
Yeah, it's definitely something like that. You need huge, huge mass amounts of traffic for it to work out, which means a lot of time and involvement for you. So let's talk about uh, you know Contentize. So you've managed to get started and grow that company extremely quickly. So what steps did you take to achieve that kind of growth? Yeah, so basically I started Contentize in uh, January 2020. So those... Right after Pita Crunch, I, I've seen that it works. I've seen those algorithms that actually kind of work. And I wanted to make that into the platform. So the first iteration I did for myself, basically, that was out in March uh, 2020. And it was really looking bad. So I decided, that, okay, if I were to make it work, I actually need a great design and like really make it uh, look good. And that happened in like June 2020. And since then, I think it just... Works pretty well. And on top of that, we did a lot of growth hacking tactics like writing articles on Medium, generating content ourselves. So we're pretty good at SEO, meaning like there are a couple of blogs leading to contentize, many social media posts from LinkedIn to like Reddit to YouTube, basically everything you can imagine. Yeah. So that like most of the tactics that we use were basically related to content marketing. So I haven't been paying anything for the ads themselves, but there have been a lot of posting of different content on the web. Okay, I want to kind of dive into that because a lot of our audience are software founders trying to figure out how to get more leads. And it sounds like you found a smart way to get a bunch of inbound leads. So when you're posting, how often are you posting? What type of stuff are you posting? Is it like value posts or is it posts directing people back to the site? What is it exactly? Okay, yeah, I, I can... Give, go for like different type of content you can create because you can starting from like the really long articles, like up to 10,000 words per article, which are really in depth about particular subject. Like in this case, content marketing, uh, there were a lot of articles between one, 1,000 to 2,000 words about text generation, natural language generation, and all the topics possible here to some smaller pieces of text on different Facebook groups, different Reddits, asking people for feedback. Product Hunt also works perfectly. Indie Hackers is a great community. So it was at the micro, micro scale, it was all about finding the right communities to ask for feedback. And when you ask for feedback, people are actually, they want to re- really test the platform. So I just made sure that it's super easy to sign up and uh, start testing. That's really, really slick. Smart of you to do that because I think that content, that inbound is really critical. But it definitely takes persistence and it takes just effort to be able to make that happen. But it sounds like that's what your platform helps with, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in a sense, contentize uh, perpetuum mobile, uh, you know, like the better the algorithm, the more content we can generate that is meaningful, the more people are aware of contentize and the more they can come. So then MRR is growing and then we can make even better algorithms and the more text and it's, it's like a cycle basically. So it's really like the co- content marketing from my perspective is the way to go. I mean, I've only started testing like Facebook, Reddit ads, Twitter ads only recently, but up to like a couple of weeks, it was only content marketing and like not a single dime spent on, on marketing. That's incredible. So what level of growth have you achieved? Are you able to speak to where you were and where you've been able to get it to in terms of number of leads, percentage growth, all that? Yeah, sure. I mean, so for the past couple of months, basically starting in June 2020, when we released this, like the newest version of Contentize, we got the growth at the level of 10% weekly on a weekly basis, meaning wow. week to week, we got 10%. So we grew from 100 users to over 2,700 right now. That's phenomenal. Well done. Thank you. 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm really, yeah, I'm really happy about it though. Also, you know, like it's scary at the same time because I'm thinking like, how can I maintain this kind of growth going forward? And it's becoming more and more challenging because, you know, like when you build something new, there's always this, of course, there's a problem on how you approach people and get them to your platform. But then there are many people who are just tech enthusiasts looking for the next new thing. And there are also coming to the platform, but then if you want to stay with this line of growth, then actually you need to keep on improving the platform, keep on like giving some more value to the people for them to stay and bring others as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, yeah. I think that's critical. So how have you been able to manage the product and your team to be able to withstand that kind of fast growth? Yeah, that's the challenging part. So basically, uh, I just raised a pre-seed round. Uh, that was basically like uh, three weeks ago right now which allows me to hire more people on the team with the goal to actually grow some more and then raise a proper seed round around uh, March, April next year. But basically, like the only way to maintain this goal is to basically right now hire more people to work on the platform and content marketing side. Because basically up to November, I was uh, the only guy working full-time on content ties and then I had a bunch of freelancers on the side. And then I'm starting like, and starting in uh, November, I basically started hiring people part-time and full-time to help me with content ties going forward. Got it. I love it. That's a great roadmap on how to do it because I think that so many of uh, the founders out there, they think that they've got to hire a huge team right away. They think that they've got to you know, go out and get a ton of money, but you're showing that you don't need to invest a bunch of money. You don't need to invest in your team. You can actually make things happen, do it the smart way and still see that high pace growth. So kudo. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Upwork and Fiverr and you know, yeah. like use, using freelancers to do, do some of the work. And if you're good at splitting the task into like smaller tasks, then Upwork will do everything for you. Mm-hmm. I actually I have agree. A, I'm a huge fan too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I even like, like most of the platform that I, the most of content that is actually built uh, up to November by different freelancers. Brilliant. I love it. So Shemek, I know that you've gone through that experience. Looking back, what have been some of the learnings that you have now acquired that you would say you may do things differently next time? Is there anything that you might look back and say, oh, I wish I'd have done that. I wish I, I would have done that. To be honest, not, not really, because I think like it's a natural learning process and those different phases. So I went from like bootstrapping phase to maybe the validation phase, and I'd be going slowly into growth phase. And I think each of those phases uh, a different set of challenges because especially in the bootstrapping phase, you learn instant outs about your, your business and basically mm-hmm. you have to do everything yourself. And I think it's extremely valuable to go through this phase in order to understand the business you're, you're in. And then the growing phase and trying to hire the team, trying to enlarge how many people are working on your platform is also super important. So I actually wouldn't change anything. It doesn't mean, of course, that I haven't done any mistakes because I have done a bunch of them along the way. Uh, mistakes related to either what things to do in what order or like uh, how to establish a better feedback loop from the users. Or like There are many things, uh, of course, on the way, along the way. But in principle, I really like how it, everything progresses because it's super natural. And it's really, I feel like going from one phase to another is really natural. It is. It's kind of fun when it all comes together, isn't it? It is, definitely. I agree. Well, we are just about out of time. Shemek, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you very much.
Absolutely. So how shall our audience learn more about you and what you're doing at Contentize? Well, first of all, you can go to contentize.com uh, and register for free. I mean, it, it's really easy to, to sign up and start using the platform. I'm still at the phase where I really value all the feedback provided. So uh, happy to learn more from your perspective. Secondly, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And then I'm also running a, a blog on Medium that I've mentioned. And you can just search for my name, Medium, and you probably find me. Perfect. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well for everybody who is on the podcast. But Shemek, thank you very much. It's been great. Thank you very much. Also, it was a pleasure. Great, great. And for everybody else out there, make sure you're subscribing to the show, Sastry in the Making. We are always putting out weekly pieces of information for you, weekly content with creators, innovators, people who are scaling companies really, really fast like Shemek has done. So you can hear the best tips, the best methods for doing that every single week. Make sure you subscribe. So thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Sastery in the Making. Join us next episode for another look into how today's visionaries are creating the next generation of innovation. 